It was movie week in the A-League, and we here at Destruction in the Box are here to take you through every nine-goal comedy performance, sub-1,000 crowd, and stoppage time coward punch in the box. My name is Dan Fisher. I'm joined, as always, by Andrew Clark. G'day, Dan. How you going? I'm good, mate. How are you? I, sh- I should have asked. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. No, very good. And, of course, I'm joined by Chris Alloy. Chris, how are you? I'm good, Dan. Thanks for asking. Um, hope you're well too, mate. Yes, no, I am. Um, there's no other way to answer the question, really, is there? Um, everyone's no. always good. That's good. <laughs> no one wants to hear our actual troubles anyway. It, you don't want to go into that, like, um, that that sort of small talk where it's like, you know, um, what's the point in complaining? No one listens, you know, like that kind of shit. So you just have <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is one day and one day only to to answer the question honestly, and that is Are You OK Day? Yeah. Um, we'll start off as usual with our observations, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll kick off. And uh, I uh, I noticed in the Western United versus uh, Newcastle game, um, Michael Zapone was in his absolute pomp, uh, calling uh, a Diamante free kick, uh, which was well saved by Italiano. Um, and <laughs> you, you just yeah, the the, the patriotic uh, the, the patriotic sort of uh, yeah, the feelings. It was just it was swelling. Unfortunately, he did get a little bit carried away though because he he was actually calling the wrong Italiano for a good thirty seconds after um, uh, after the strong save um, on the free kick. Um, he was speaking glowingly of Jacob Italiano. Um, he's of course uh, applying his trade in uh, in sort of the lower ranks of Germany um, at the moment. He even busts out. He, he, I think he referred to the save as Mumbo Italiano. So um, it's something that <laughs> he was extremely prepared for. Unfortunately, not a hundred percent prepared for though, um, because of course uh, it was Lewis uh, in in goals. So, uh, <laughs> Clarky, what did, what did you find over the weekend? Well, I'm just going to do a little bit more of a sort of a broad observation for the the season thus far. And it's going to center around the good times that have come back to Gosford. And obviously with CCM sitting in the top two of the league for basically the whole season. Um, It's been a combination of things that have probably contributed to this turnaround. Obviously, a little bit of stability, um, some of the young kids coming on, some of the older heads sort of really sort of stepping up and and some some really good sort of visa marquee sort of signings um but i wanted to sort of focus more on some of the old heads a little bit and um i wanted to focus on pod favorite matt simon for a little bit so for for the last five six years he's been the brunt of our jokes here we've got a lot of content out of this bloke for his sharp elbows standover tactics and famous sprays at referees players and sometimes maybe even fans um but but this season matt simon has seemed to not only rediscover his his scoring form but he really appears to have reshaped his character a bit as well um, look, the burning desire is is still there. To, the burning desire to win is still very much there. But I reckon we've seen a bit more of a controlled and channeled intensity on the pitch. Um, if you exclude that standover on Ziggy Gordon in the early part of the season, of I think course. <laughs> from, from beyond that, we'll give the guy one per season. But sort of beyond then, it's been a lot more controlled and channeled from Simon. And it's really resulted in proper leadership on the pitch, not just yelling and finger pointing, but guiding some of the young players. And I think it's clearly rubbing off on those around him. And I think we can't understate how how much someone of his experience and, you know, guile in this league, now that he's starting to channel that aggression in productive ways, has really helped this team to be where they are right now. So the junkyard dog, bit more of a a regal German shepherd now <laughs> and just just a, a mangy, you know, guy just nipping at the heels of, of those around him. So, no, yeah, no, good on you. No, uh, you know, really conduct becoming of, a, of you know, a great uh, – of an elder statesman scoring glorious goals in a – you know, in, an ador- in front of an adoring crowd um, in the professional level. Um, more so, you know, previously would have, you know, associated him more with your Rockdale versus Sydney City, uh, Sydney United games. So that's more of, that was more, more of his thing, but he's not like that anymore. He's cleaned yeah. his act up. It's, uh, so so it's he's not well. a pure choir boy, but he's just channeling that, that inward fire a little bit more productively. Look, but, you know, we'll take any 
Simon outbursts that do come because like we rely heavily on that to mm. as the basis of our podcast, but it's really good to see. No, absolutely, Clarky. Um, yeah, I fully agree with the sentiment as well. Um, it's uh, it's it's been a, a refreshing and fun story to to follow uh, across the season. Uh, Chriso, uh, what's that? What's your observation from the weekend's action? Um, just was it just last night? There was a uh, Monday night in in Melbourne. There was um, an unfortunate uh, historic moment for the A League, where the lowest crowd in the history of the competition. Um, attended a game at, at um, Swan Street Stadium. It was um, Western United and Newcastle um, Jets with a total of 990 fans. That's the lowest ever uh, at the A-League. I think 1,003 um, between North Queensland Fury and Brisbane Roar on the Gold Coast was um, played back back when the North Queensland Fury were in the league 2012 or something. So yeah, they've just. I think Dyron Dale. I think Curacao's favourite Dyron Dale might have been leading the line that night. Possibly. So yeah, look, not a nice milestone. Um, obviously they did. Obviously they. It's been a bit. It actually, that that has cut through. Of course it does. So there was some chat today with Chris Pelvahanis, who's the um, CEO of Western United, and they were talking about still they're still dragging their feet on their their stadium, like this stadium they were meant to cut. Me and Clarky were talking about it today. Um, so you know, there's um, you know. They're ground hopping. They're playing all over the shop. They haven't got the stadium sorted or even close to being started. So I guess I think Jay-Z said it best about um, Western United when I've got 990 problems, but a pitch ain't one. So that's <laughs> that's where they that's that's where they seem to be right now. So um, <laughs> good night, everybody. I love the um... – I love I love the pun work there, Chriso. Um, I would argue that a pitch absolutely is a problem um, at the moment, um, but um, I, I see where you're coming from. And of course, as you um, quoted that stat, I, I must admit, like I, I'd heard the crowd number, and I was like, "Geez, that's that's pathetic." I didn't realise that it was a league low. I kind of assumed that the New Zealand Knights would have got a lower crowd, but their ever lowest league crowd um, I've looked up was um, actually sixteen thirty two, which is pretty honourable. Um, Result, I'd say. Um, they, they had less in a couple of preseason cup matches, but that doesn't count. In an doesn't actual A League match, they had sixteen thirty two um, against uh, against uh, Central Coast once. Um, so yeah, that's um, it's uh, yeah, a, a dishonourable. So suggesting we bring back the New Zealand Knights there, <laughs> and uh, then the, we can fuck off this distance derby bullshit, and they can have a proper New Zealand derby. You just know that they're going to make it two distance derbies if there was ever a second <laughs> New Zealand team. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, would um, actually Auckland would be further away than than Wellington, wouldn't it? To Perth. So I su- yeah. I actually suspect that that uh, that if there was a, a new a, another New Zealand team, it would be based out of Auckland, and it would actually be the new distance derby. That Wellington oh. Wellington would actually be much closer by you know I don't know. Of flight half an hour quick of route. Anyway, um, before we get started on the A-League action, um, Chris, I'm sure you're already aware of this. I know our listeners will be very keen uh, to get a, a Grimsby update because you being a big fan um, would already Mar- understand uh, be, understand their situation because there uh, there's three games to go in the season and they're actually on at 4 a.m. tomorrow morning. So I think by the time most will be listening to this podcast, um, check out check out FOTMOB or something to see how they went because they've actually got a win uh, tonight to stave off uh, relegation um, against, uh, and they're on the road against playoff hopefuls, Exeter. Uh, but if Grimsby lose um, and if Barrow take a point uh, against my Forest Green Rovers, who are in the, the playoff mix at the moment, then the Mariners are officially relegated, Chriso. So. No, well, look. You can't. All the Mariners around the world can't be flying, so that's just how it goes. When you, when you're a Mariner, you take the ups and downs. Look, I think, yeah, I think there's been a proportionate rise of Central Coast and the fall of Grimsby. Um, yeah, I think the world can only support um, so many Mariners. Um, <laughs> we will, <laughs> we will kick off uh, the A League um, section of our evening um, by discussing a nine goal match. Um, usually. <laughs> Usually these are thrillers. Um, usually these are a lot of fun. I guess you'd say this one was fun. It wasn't. It wasn't the highest quality nine goal match I've seen in A League history, but it did provide um, 
a lot of material um, and probably more than anything, it's um, provided some uh, real, real uh, cause for alarm uh, from well, the Western Sydney Wanderers um, and, and their fan base. Uh, Clarky, it was um, it was a pretty wild night that you were one of the very few people uh, who was actually in attendance for. Yeah, well, uh, until that 990 uh, there last <laughs> night, I, I dare say the uh, the 1500 odd at, at Marvel Stadium probably would have been the uh, the record. Uh, the record low attendance of the A-League. It was pretty grim there, pretty cavernous at, at such a giant stadium. But uh, after the after the season that Victory fans have endured, you you'll take whatever you can get, and and a win's a win, and it, and it just it, this season it, it was staggering that a team like Victory can score five goals and still completely embarrass themselves amongst the <laughs> ninety minutes. It was perfect duration of a game. It was absolutely both teams are just. We need pro rel just to relegate both of these teams. <laughs> yes. Like nobody else. Like okay. save Newey. They haven't played that bad this season. Yeah. This That's, was utter piss. Yes. And promote old, promote Sydney United and Rockdale. Promote those teams <laughs> and get rid of these two. Like let's spice shit up. That's actually um that's that's actually old NSL um pro rail really when you actually cherry pick which teams get relegated. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, old old South Melbourne were uh, were immune from relegation despite finishing on the on the bottom uh once in the seventies. Um so <laughs> NSL types will uh will ask you to uh, cite evidence of that, even though it was, you know, while they were still you know, around. But. Well, I don't know, the fucking Wikipedia page of that season, which says that South Melbourne finished on the bottom and, like, didn't get relegated is pretty solid evidence for mine. Um, I'm sure South Melbourne Mike's tried to uh, <laughs> have that scrub from the record a number of times and then just <laughs> given up and done a 35-minute YouTube on blast. <laughs> We anyway, uh, we should go we're back to off. this game. We're, we're getting off. We're getting off track because there was uh, there was some fun and frivolity um, going about here um, when uh, when Jacob Butterfield hit one from outside fifty. I, I love that you could actually see the AFL line markings um, on yeah. the ground when he's hit when he's hit that one um, just just outside. Um, it was sort of Buddy Franklin range that one. Um, <laughs> When he's at when his he's, natural arc, yeah. When he's at when he smashed that one home, victory took a five-one lead at seventy-three minutes and still managed to not take all three points uh, in this one, Chris. Oh, um, they did take all three points in, in this I, one, mate. Still, sorry, I meant to say still managed. Like, <laughs> they almost, they almost managed. Yeah, yeah. yes, um, yeah. It was a, the Tracy obviously scored to make it, I think, two-one. But then just to go up five-one, it's like pack it up, it's done, um, and. Just then, victory just reverted to type after realizing, shit, we're up five one here. Let's now um, completely like let's um, you know offend defenders worldwide. Um, let's let's do a disservice <laughs> to all those who defend who the wore goals the shirt before them. Oh, the defense. I think you've, we've written here is diabolical, um, <laughs> but that's probably doing it a disservice. Like it, it, the, it was laughable. Um, some of the set, some of the set piece defending throughout this game from both teams. Now I know, I know Ziggy Gordon's had a really good season, but like, mate, mate, like it he was had um, a stinker. Yeah, he, he had an absolute stinker. I think there was there was definitely some issue from a footwear perspective in this game because a lot of players were not keeping their feet. Um, I know it's not a ground that's overly used in the A-League, but I've never really seen it being as big an issue typically as it was um, you know, in this game. Mm. AFL the night after, now that I think about it, the Saturday evening, there was a, a lot of slipping around too. So, yeah, mate, we, weird, but... Um, Look, it is it it it's it sort of got a bit of a reputation for that. It just it was really it really stood out um, in, in this game more than usual. But it is um, it is a football oval that's built on top of a concrete car park, so you know that's right. Yeah, roof was open as well, which was a little bit surprising. But uh, yeah, who knows? But going back to the defence, I just want to talk about. Western Sydney Wanderers, so they've largely been playing a back three, yeah. And then for this one, they they decide to sort of change it up and sort of go back to sort of like a back four and take Ziggy Gordon, who's largely been the, I guess, the leader of that, he that has, defense yeah. this entire season, just push him out wide and then put in Ziegler and, and McGowan in the middle there. I just, 
I don't know what Carl Robinson's thinking there. Like, is he actively trying to throw the game at, at this point? Like, I, I think he's... I, I think they're trying to find something at the moment because we, you know, we talked about the defensive shuffle last week, the lack of communication uh, between Mordecudis and McGowan um, the, the week prior. I just, yeah, it feels like they were trying to to find something, but in trying to find it, they've gotten further away from from what they need to do. Like they're sort of they're yeah. they're reaching, they're reaching a bit at the moment, and it's uh, something uh, that. It's really look. It's caught the eyes of the fan. It's uh, the fans, and we've seen a, a, another sort of you know protest at Club HQ. Um, it's sort of the second major one uh, this season. The first obviously was um, from from the victory, um, but there's sort of been another, uh, yeah, sort of another sort of major banner left out. Um, they, sort of asking, they, asking uh, sorry, the, the like the 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 executive to basically get out. And I noticed, interesting, my observation on that was they use the same font as the Melbourne Victory fans in their banner. So very similar font there. I think um, just as that's a, it's a, it's an ultras font. I actually, yeah, yeah. The, the font's the font's called ultras. Ultras, yeah. No, no, I, I would always go for a more of a Comic Sans MS type thing in, uh, <laughs> if I was going to do that. So no one's going to take that message seriously, though, Chris. So no, that's true. So it was JT yeah, and Co. You know. Go go forth and uh, get out of our club. So, I you know initially I saw that when we shared the pictures about that uh, earlier this week, and I was my first thought was, oh, that's not very nice to James Troy, is he? But obviously they're talking to they're <laughs> well, talking it's to clearly, Tatsiamas. Clearly, it's a value thing there, Chris. So it's two birds, one stone. John Tatsiamas <laughs> and James Troy. See, you can both piss off, like yeah. really. Except, well, so we only got this half a can of the black spray paint. We're hoofing half of it, so you know, we, we need we need to make we need to make it get bang for our buck on these bed sheets. So, uh, I just want a quick shout out for uh, uh, poor, poor Daniel Margush. I don't, I, I can't really off the top of my head. I, can't, I don't have a photographic memory of all five goals. I can't remember faulting him for too many of them. It was a, it was a lot falling apart in front of him. But geez, you're bloody stiff when you save a penalty, but then uh, concede a goal from the resultant corner off your save. So like you've, yeah. you've got you've, you've made the huge effort to to save the pen and um, your mob can't eat. So I think um, I think uh, Ziggy Gordon was actually was trailing uh, Dylan Ryan on on that one. Um, yeah. So, and he, he actually fouled Falami for the penalty as well. Um, these, these, to be honest, that wasn't even his worst minute of the game. Like, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Bit stiff on Falami not giving the opportunity to convert his hat trick after after winning the penalty as well. I mean, I know Brimmer's interesting. Prop, yeah. Brimmer's the Brimmer's the penalty taker, but when Falami's probably shown his his best stretch of form entire season, give it to the guy who's hot. Like especially when you're three one up, he he must he must be especially bad at penalties. Um, to you know when you're three one up, I've, um, and it's at the hour mark, I reckon you're just giving it to the guy on the hat trick. I sort of get it if it's a if it's a one all situation or something like or yeah. a two all situation because you're not going to be on a hat trick at one all. But um, you know I could sort of get it. No, no, we've got to go with the best to make sure we get a point here. But at three one, I think he can tempt fate a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, agreed. I mean, what have you got to lose besides another game of football this season? Just just try and get some narrative, get some story, but eh, whatever. I think the Wanderers are going to be um, a, a very interesting story to watch over these final few rounds. They are currently staring down the barrel of missing finals for the fourth consecutive year, um, which I know that Wanderers fans are not accepting, and um, I think... Uh, well, they should. No, no, absolutely, absolutely, they shouldn't. Um, and um, no, the heat's really, uh, really starting to come on there. It, the Jungle Drums had been beating for a few weeks now, um, but uh, they're they're very much a watch this space. Um, and just finally, to touch on, um, obviously, Melbourne Victory during the week announced that Tony Popovich is coming in uh, in July. Um, so smart, didn't want to be associated with this iteration and this rabble, but he gets to he gets to take his um, his own broom um, through the squad. Um, make a, a couple of um, presumably um, family-related signings um, uh, and, and other and other signings. Uh, he'll get to cut Jake Brimmer um, and, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and then basically could put- do far worse than K- signing K-pop, to be fair. 
Yeah. All um, jokes aside, I think it was pretty much agreed. It's unanimous that this is probably the, you know, a, a fair enough decision at this time to bring in mm. a, a proven yeah. guy at this level. Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we to talked what, about it. I'm pretty sure we talked about it last week on the pod and sort of, I think Rudy was in support basically saying he's the type of guy. So we've kind of actually already gone over it and then it oh. sort of got announced. Um, oh. So, yeah. I thought you were going to add something else more there, Chris. So, but that's okay. We'll um, we'll move on to uh, he had enough. He's got, an, he's got another son. No, it was just a joke. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um CCM and Sydney played out uh, for mine a pretty exciting um, two-all draw. CCM uh, nearly went into the sheds with a two-nil lead before Ninkovic just got one um, before before the bell, and it was uh, it, it was on. It was a really exciting um, end-to-end affair, Clarky. Um, this game, and in the end, would you say that the uh, it was fair that the, the points were split? Yeah. Yeah, well, this was just a, a pretty high-quality game between two teams that should be there at, at the pointy end of the season or pointy end of finals. So mm. sort of I felt like this was a pr- pretty good effort by sort of both teams. I mean, you know, to, to Sydney 2-0 down to, to show the grit to get back into it and especially late and and someone like Trent Bahaja who's, who's obviously had some injury this season again and and finding his way back into this stacked Sydney FC squad, I think it's... um. Look, maybe it's a point lost for either side. I think Sydney had some opportunities earlier on in, in the game as well, um, but CCM will also rue this as well. But yeah, well, pretty the fair. the winning uh, sorry the 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 tying goal um, from Bahaja um, is something that I reckon CCM will rue because uh, yep. it was um, it was a needless and costly turnover um, from Rails, who's had a fantastic season, um, but probably not his best moment, Chris O. No, look, and it is like you said. It's a shame when he's been a big part of their such, you know, the huge improvement. You know, he's human, um, and he's, he's made an error. And yeah, um, Bahaja uh, and combined there with um, Costa Barbarousas, who, who I thought the ball was nice into him, but that is mm-hmm. uh, that's heartbreaking, and it just shows, you know. And our coaches obviously talk about it week in, week out, but just those little mistakes that that's cost him the three points there because they obviously. They were up, and they could have had that not gone in. They would have and held on. That's you know, there's the W in front of a, a big crowd. So it's a shame. Uh, no, a big crowd, and that's probably um, yeah. Next thing I wanted to talk about um, the the 10k at uh, at Gosford was um, was great to see. It's um, I, I should have written this one down, but I had the I had the stat um, during the week. It was the first time in it was it was since uh, a game against Newcastle, obviously an F3 derby. Um, and from memory, it was back in about 2017 was the last time they topped 10K. So um, it's uh, awesome. great to see. Obviously, there was a strong supporting contingent of um, of Sydney fans as well. Um, and so the atmosphere was awesome. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm sorry if I've missed this over the coming weeks, if it's just sort of blurred in the background, but um, was that the return of the Mariners bar- Brass Band? Um, I hadn't heard them for a while and um, they, were, um, they were in full noise and... Um, Sound, sounding absolutely, um, yeah, splendid as we uh, as we used to from them. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. I can't quite rem- remember hearing them this season. I assume it was maybe it was it was COVID related or or crowd security related. I mean, I it might, I it might have been results speculating what happens with results with, yeah, related yeah, as well. I, <laughs> no, no, no. I've, nah, that's the thing. They've 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 been through some hard times, and they've actually sort of always been there. I I. I vaguely recall hearing something a little while ago about it being political. Um, so, oh, okay. yeah, wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. But it's good to see him back, regardless. No. So, um, love hearing Tetris music during an A League fixture. Love it's awesome. that game. Love those Game of Thrones credits. Love that. Um, now this was uh, Milos Ninkovic's 150th A-League match Um, he has been an ornament to the league for so long and he uh, he got to celebrate it uh, by yeah by scoring a goal just before half time and it was uh, it was a lovely finish Um, but yeah we um, obviously we're all uh, we're all big fans of the the quality and class that Milos Ninkovic has has brought to the league and um, yeah he's he's still got it um, at this age uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Nothing, nothing wrong with what he's delivering. Is a, a superb talent. And um, Urenia um, 
did a, did a bit of work on uh, one of the pod favorites as well, Alex Wilkinson, and um, he's uh, unfortunately made made him look about a hundred years old um, on this one. But it was um, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> a cheeky little play, and he's uh, he's faked him out of beauty, and um, yeah. Um, you love to see you love to see just some you know like his individual brilliance as as that. You do. I, I felt because Wilco looked so wretched. I feel bad for him because <laughs> I love Wilco so much. Um, but he he um, what I wrote there right? Yeah, he effectively ended his life. Um, <laughs> that, that he murdered him. So yeah. it was um, yeah, gory. The turning circle of a cargo ship in the Suez Canal. Just much. the whole yeah, he he fully evergranded it or evergreened it, whatever it was, ever given. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I hate it. Yeah, it was it was uh, conflicting because yeah, love Wilco. Uh, so Chris, so you also um, noticed uh, a bit of a contrast in the post match press conference as well. Just sort of, I guess, the mood of the uh, the two coaches um, after the game. Um, do you want to elaborate on on that one, mate? Yeah, just when I was doing some prep for the game, obviously looking at the videos that are available um, and the press conferences are, are on there um, and they have a little thumbnail with a tagline and, and you know a quote from the coaches. All, and I loved the, the, to compare the two next to each other. There was Stagic who said, it was the most alive I've ever felt inside this ground. Obviously huge crowd there, biggest since his time there, the band, the, you know, the big, you know, the plenty of, Plenty of noise. Exciting big, match. Exciting, yeah. exciting match. Yeah. And then you've got next to it was Steve Corrigan. just says, we were robbed. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I actually found, you know, the day after, uh, of course, on the Monday, um, Steve gave uh, – or Don Bossy um, did write a, a, an article relatively sympathetic to the plight of Steve Corrigan, which is completely normal, um, and just saying he thinks VAR should now be scrapped, which I'm not actually disagreeing with that um but yeah he wasn't really wasn't best pleased um so, do you know if this was in relation to um Bobo scoring in an equalizer um earlier in the second half um but it was ruled there was an offside in the lead up i'm pretty sure the ruling there was that um Ninkovic impacted Simon's ability to play on the ball and Ninkovic was in an offside position from when the free ki- a Bratton free kick had come in um yeah. uh, is that what Corrick is referring to the, fir- the first one yeah the first well, um the first call was the the um the first disallowed goal was yeah. the one and i think that was Bobo his header mm. um he really didn't think that that um, Bobo scored the equaliser. There was that offside. Um, yeah, that, but I mean, you one? can't you can't pretend that. Yeah, 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 but you can't pretend that just because that goal happened, that Bahaja is then going to score his goal as the third. It changes yeah, the. Complex. But it doesn't change what happens in the rest yeah, of the time. It changes line. the yeah, complex no. of the game. Like that's the thing. If it's two all with, um, I think that one was around the hour mark. Um, there's a lot of football to play, and really, it can go either way from there. You can't just pretend because you got two other goals that you had a disallowed one in between your two goals that like it would just going to yeah. keep happening like that. It's it, spoken like a. Spoken like a man who's never been truly slighted by a refereeing error. <laughs> We've all been slighted by a refereeing error in this game. Um, everyone has it one time or another, Clark. <laughs> what goes around comes around, though. Um, so, look, um, finally, obviously, the big news coming out of Sydney FC this week off the pitch um, will be what's uh, joining them back on the pitch, and that is Adam LaFondra. Um, we've talked about it ad nauseum this season and despite some of the woes with Sydney and not looking as, I guess, dominant um, and having, you know, the same sort of kill bot sort of vibe as they have in the past, um, they are, as as we're recording, leading Melbourne victory 1-0, um, which would move them into second spot on the ladder. Um, and, um, and, yeah, they've got Elf coming back. So it's... Um, it's starting to become a pretty scary proposition. Um, is this uh, the the Killbots um, software upgrade? As I'm pretty sure uh, Matt Coleman sort of tweeted us during the week about. Yeah, it's um it's a scary proposition if if Alf can get his fitness back, um and sort of get back to resuming normal business at the A League finals. Probably gives the ability for Bobo then to probably do what they they intended to do with him initially and that was sort of have him come off the bench Mm. you know in the closing sections of games and then be like okay now we've taken off you know 
Wood or, or Bahaja. And now look who we've brought on, Bobo. It just mm. adds depth in that final third. It probably takes a bit of pressure off Costa Barbarousas, who has been patchy this year. He's had some good periods, but reasonable he's also form lately. Brought, reasonable lately. Reasonable form lately, yeah. but you know, it's you want with Costa, you always know that a, a little barren run is, is not too far away. You kind of take him while he scores, but you know that soon he's going to be missing open goals again. Mm. Um, bringing off back is is bloody scary it's mm. bloody scary yes no so we'll um we'll see how he integrates back into the squad i suspect well um <laughs> next <laughs> next uh we're going to move on to uh wellington phoenix past week um broadly um because they did have a bit of midweek madness um against west united uh just quickly to touch on that game um it wasn't much to speak of. Um, Hamill got a red card just uh, just on the half, uh, which uh, at the time scores were one all. And once Hamill got a red card, you kind of knew the game was going to finish one all. Um, yeah, West United shut up shop and uh, that was it. So um, uh, on behalf of, um, I guess, A-League fans around the country, um, I guess we here at Destruction in the Box would like to issue a formal apology to the good people of Tasmania um, for the two games that they were served up oh. for Western United's little sojourn uh, down uh, down on the Apple Isle. Um, but more broadly, what I want to tie this narrative into is that uh, Wellington t- took four points um, out of six over the past over the past week, um, with uh, obviously also getting a two-one victory over Adelaide on the weekend, uh, which included a ninety-seventh-minute penalty uh, winner to uh, Tom Hamed Chriso, and it's uh, it's starting to it's been turning for a little while now um, for for the Wellington Phoenix, and just for a, a couple of days there, they found themselves in the top six, a little bit outside at the moment, um, but uh, some cause for optimism across the ditch. Well, in Wollongong anyway yeah um yeah obviously when I wrote this note Nick's in the six that was obviously superseded by a, a result subsequent to that with um uh, the, yeah, the, Western, Western United the, yeah, winning the, against the, uh, the, Newcastle the, the 990 cup so um <laughs> that that look it, I I don't think anyone who's watched them closely this year and I'm not saying I've, I've watched them because I've do an A-League pod, pod I see a bit of Wellington I think they've been pretty good this year. I, I don't. Yeah. I know. I, I think they've been fine, and I've been pretty consistent. They're fine. Um, they they started off slow. They've had some poor results, but they're now in and around that six. We've also talked out. about this. We've talked about this previously. They've they've for mine been undoubtedly the unluckiest team in the league. Like yeah. they've uh, they've lost points um, in agonizing circumstances in um, in contentious circumstances. Um, there, yeah, there's been a there's been a few results where you just sort of go like remember they had a, like they, they got VAR a couple of times on some really dodgy ones. Yeah. Um. They I reckon I reckon they've lost somewhere you know between sort of five to eight points just on either some heartbreakers or some dodgy refereeing and, and, and this sort of thing. They've they've been a bit stiff this year. Yeah. So I, I'm. I reckon if you'd be reasonably happy with the performances most weeks, if that makes sense. It's not all weeks, but most. Um, they've been pretty decent. And, you know, Adelaide have been a form side this year and um mm, they've, know, they've just they've just stuck they've stuck in it. Um, you know, they, they equalized um after they went down, they they kept their heads up. Um and I think one of you guys mentioned it before. Um Maybe I've Ollie Sale, you know, he's been magnificent. So he was a, 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 a you know, he was a factor in this game as well. He has um, he has been really good, um, and it's actually it's a bit of a curious case. Um, I was just looking at it before the pod because Oli Sales obviously unseated Stefan Marinovic um, at, the, uh, at the moment. We'll, we'll talk a bit later as well because Philip Curdo sitting on the bench for Western United when he, he sort of first missed with injury but never found his way back because Ryan Scott was playing good. Um, but at the moment, actually. Five teams in the league are playing their the guy who went into the season as their second keeper. One of those is because of injury, um, but that's that's at Adelaide. But Gauchi might actually be the starter um, yeah, now anyway. You think so? Um, and um, and a sixth team, so nearly half the league have actually got a, a different keeper to who they started with. Um, the sixth team is Perth Glory, who actually ready started. Falafi came in. And then Reddy came back, so um, went straight into the zone. Reddy yeah. came back, yeah, yeah. It came straight back. <laughs> 
So no, there's been a bit of musical chairs in the in the keeping stakes um, across the league. But nah, um, credit to Ollie Sale. He's been really good, and it's actually coincided with um, some of Wellington's luck starting to turn as well. Uh, I don't think mm-hmm. it was. I don't think Marinovic was playing poorly, but they did need a spark, and Ollie Sale has absolutely given that to them. And I think he's a big reason why they ended up getting the three points in this game because they could have been further behind at stages um, in, in this one. Hmm. Yeah, um, Toma Hamed's obviously you know he's he's now that he's fit and you can see the quality he brings. He's been very good over the last sort of month or so. I think. Well, he's, he's actually the- he's just found his way back into the lineup because he did have an injury. Oh, it was missed, injury, missed, but yeah. he missed about two weeks there. But he had been in good form. Um, so yeah, look, he's got the pen here to um, hopefully get himself back on track and pick up where he had left off because he was actually starting yeah. to hit some form before that injury. There's a nice. Yes. Um, a, sorry, Clark. Here you go. No, no, no. Continue. No, just saying. There was a nice story about that Hemed uh, winner um, because because of that injury that Dan just mentioned. You know, they agreed that this game he just before the game him and Uffie said like you just got your fifty sixty you got your hour and then you're coming off. So um, he agreed to that. Tommy Hemed said, but then um, um, he apparently then according to the A League website in the story they did on this he persuaded Uffie. To stick with him because he had a, a very firmly held belief that he would score the winner, uh, and he was very. He said he was very happy to do so in front of because the, there was obviously the large um, contingent of Jewish fans who were going or Israeli fans going down there to, mm. to watch him. So he wanted to do it for for his people, which was nice. A nice touch, I thought. So a nice way to welcome yourself back to the team and play ninety seven minutes, uh, uh, you know, or ninety nine minutes um, after coming off an injury. So well done. <laughs> yeah, well, we can't say that um, that Wellington aren't uh, tapping into the different uh, ethnic di- uh, diasporas in uh, up there in, in New South Wales um, because they, they definitely are. They, they are. they are getting a bit of support through, yeah, I guess through the nationality of um, of some of their uh, their various imports. Um, one guy who isn't an import um, who um, I'm going to anoint in um, a very inconsistent subject that sort of comes up about once every second week uh, would be bolter of the week. And I'm going across the ditch because I'm going with an all-whites bolter of the week. Ben Wayne, four goals in four games. Um, he is one of the hottest um, players in the A-League at the moment. Yeah. Calm finishes and and being in the right place at the right time. Just when you're hot, you're hot. And he's clearly enjoying his football. Uffie's, Uffie's sort of giving him the license to go out there and have fun and I guess when you're running around and you've got the likes of Ulysses Devere feeding your balls, <laughs> makes you makes your job not only fun but probably a touch easier as well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that one. Um, so it was working our way backwards. Um, we, we, we sort of started with the last goal, gone to the second goal. Um, the goal that started it all, um, Stefan Mack, just after um, after half time. Um, it was a really well worked goal. Um, his his work rate to sort of um, it, this is probably um, Stefan Mack at his at his best when he sort of gets gets that ball sort of in a nice central position. Passes they pass it off. They work it out wide, and then he finds his way making that late run that into late, the box. Yep. That late run into the box, that's, um, I think that's uh, a, a Stefan Mauck trademark. Um, if, uh, <laughs> uh, he's, he's, put tough, he's put a tough week behind him. I wasn't so. intending, I actually wasn't intending to run with a gag about that one, but just as I was, just as I was <laughs> going with it, I was like, hang on, something's, something's popped up here. So, <laughs> so that first 45 from Adelaide, he was, he was playing a lot sort of deeper, wasn't really getting forward as much. And, and then as soon as he starts to make those later runs into the box, get a bit more forward, Adelaide score. So, you know, as much as he's he's good all over the park, they need to make sure that Stefan Mork doesn't get caught up too much with doing too many sort of deeper midfield duties. Mm-hmm. You know, he can he can drop back and pick up the ball and and start some attacks from deep, but you've got to ensure that Mork's arriving in the box, sort of at those times because that's that's where he's most effective, and I think where Adelaide probably look the most dangerous. Just so. Just don't let him near any of your intellectual properties or weapons. <laughs> Obviously, let him make those runs into the box. Great. Uh, but obviously what do you reckon he wrote into after the game? Do you reckon he just got a basic <laughs> pad and pen? Or do yeah, you reckon he, he's like doubling down? He, he's got a whole box of them and he's like handing them out in the car park after he, the game. He's, he's you know, he'll be working on his own uh, or a new a new design. Don't worry. This, there's a long way to go in this one. Don't you worry. Let's just see. <laughs> 
I can't wait till someone pops up and says that he also pinched the uh, the brain with the uh, the the bicep <laughs> flexing arms. I actually struggle to believe that that possibly could be someone else's intellectual property. Um, to, to be perfectly honest, that's a... anyway. Uh, that's the one thing. Copy your homework. He's just rubbed it out and he's just drawn a brain with <laughs> with guns on him, and he's like, "Yeah, no one will know." I think there was a light in there as well. So oh, like light bulb. Idea. I think there was it a light, is a bulb, light bulb, bulb in the middle of the brain. But um, we'll just, you know, um, very much the case. Um, this and other unexplained phenomena are a matter for the courts. <laughs> Finally, um, we love we love Joe Couch. He's had a great season since he's come in and replaced James Dalianov. It wasn't his finest moment in conceding uh, conceding that penalty, um, which we won't go into too much fine detail about that. I just wanted to clarify it from my intro. When I talked about a coward punch in the box, um, I was referring to the penalty box. Um and um, it was a bit. It was. It was a bit unlucky. He got his timing all wrong there, uh, Joe yep. Gauchi. But um, I just. Um, I could just picture as that one came out of my mouth in the intro. I was like, uh, I think Rose Valenti is going to have a field day with that one. Um, so I just just wanted to clarify. Um, so. MacArthur and City played out a, a, a one-all draw. Um, some implications towards the top of the ladder here. Uh, they're earlier. They're, this actually, um, this draw meant that CCM the day before had actually um, slipped up an opportunity to have moved to the top of the ladder. If they had have got the points uh, against Sydney, um, CCM would have moved to the top with um, City not taking all three points here. But Chris, so this is some of your finest work I've um, I've ever seen in uh, in in sort of our little rundown sheet here you've got city rue uh costly error and drop points at campbelltown now unfortunately as i started saying that i realized that that pun is very much in a visual form um but we, it was will, Rue's. we, we will tweet it we will tweet it was it. it was ruse coming up it's 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 city rue r-u-h uh because it was ruse coming off the bench um and scoring uh scoring the the equalizer for MacArthur there um in a game that very much looked like it was just heading to a pretty Comfortable cruisy um, city victory. Um, they, um, yeah, like MacArthur sort of scored off the back of um, a bit of a sort of sloppy mix-up for, uh, for for Melbourne City, and sort of um, feels feels to me a bit like they they pinched a point here. The Bulls. Yeah, it, it does. They they needed to snap a little streak. They were um, they had a few garbage weeks there. Um, one parallel, I guess, there is. Yeah, it was a horrible mix-up at the back. Young Karen Stokes. Um, cooked it. So we're looking though this week um, at both the top two sides, City and Central Coast, um, coughing up points on account of defensive lapses that allowed the opposition to score in the last 15 minutes of the game. Both of those teams did Good that. Point. So yeah. um, that's the best point I'll make this season. Um, but th- so that happened this week. Um, the yeah, young Stokesy, you feel bad for him. He's just a kid and it was pretty routine and he's absolutely fucked it and you feel for him. <laughs> Um, and now, I was going to say, as we speak, as we speak, though, Sydney have just moved into second spot on the ladder. It's just gone full time. Um, Sydney victory, and Sydney have. Um, we're obviously not watching it because we're recording at the moment. Um, Sydney yeah. have held on for what must be said uh, is a disappointing one 0 loss against an abject Melbourne victory team. Uh, but all the same, it is uh, that is a, a valuable three points that moves them into second spot on the ladder. Uh, with that said, CCM do have a game in hand on them. So um, it's um, it's starting to hot up at the, at the top end there and there's not much. Uh, there's actually less than a game between um, City in first all the way down to Adelaide in fourth. So it's um, uh, to fight for those, well, obviously for the Premier's plate, but also that um, valuable second spot. So you sort of get that week off in the finals. Um, it's uh, it's it's going to go down to the wire um, this year, which is, uh, which is really good to see and uh, a pretty welcome change. <laughs> We're used to just sort of, I guess, obviously the season's in a different time, but yeah, we're used to um, marking no, Sydney time. Been a, this this was mar- the result. This was the result. Sydney winning this game tonight would have like sealed the Premier's plate for them with um, with about seven games to go. So, yeah. So it, it's just we're used to that dead time, but uh, haven't we been the last few years conditioned to be waiting, just waiting for the season to be over? Um, but it's good to have but, some some life in it still. 
there's a decent chance that this one goes right down to the wire. And uh, for mine, I feel like Adelaide a tiny bit behind um, on that one. But mathematically, they are very much in the mix um, for um, for the Premier's plate. Um, so there are, I think there's four teams that are in it. I feel like it's more likely going to come down to those top three, City, Sydney and, and CCM. Um, so that's nah, going to be really interesting to see um, how, how that one plays out. Um, MacArthur's going to be uh, interesting. I th- I think that they're going to scrape into the finals. Uh, I'm not super convinced. Um, they've got they've got a little bit of time um, without um, yeah Jovanovic. I'm pretty sure Shushnia. I think he picked up a suspension um, in in the course of this game. Might have been his mm-hmm. fifth yellow from memory. Um, I, I remember thinking that they're, they're they're playing their next game against Perth, who have been a bit down, but can score goals when they're on and they're going to be doing it without Jovanovic and Shushnia. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, 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 I'm going to keep keen eye on that MacArthur versus Perth game because I feel like MacArthur could potentially be vulnerable in that one. And um, it, it, it could be a telling one if they if they don't get up um, against Perth, who have been um, pretty past lately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's probably not too much more to go on this game, except I um, just just want to sort of uh, dedicate a bit of a love letter to Connor Metcalf, um, who's one of my favourite young players in the league. Uh, not exactly a bold call there. I think it's there for all of us to see. Um, but he's well, a you've actually player. You've, you've bolded the text in the doc and you've said um, because Connor I Metcalf make is good. Yes. <laughs> well, it's because I want to. I, I bold the things that I want to absolutely make a point of. Um, he's a classy player who I, I know he gets plaudits. Um, I, I don't know that he quite gets the, um, the plaudits that he absolutely deserves because there is a fair bit of shine taken away from him by um, by that their wonderful attacking stocks that they have at Melbourne City that. Um, you kind of forget that Metcalf's, um, Metcalf's just a kid um, and he's playing a really mature role um, in uh, in a well-functioning team um, and he's um, – that's um, it's, it's oh, I was going to say hard to knock what he's doing. It's it's hard not to be fulsome of praise uh, for, for what he's doing at the moment. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to how he goes in, in the Olympics. Um, yeah, I think you'll find he might be one of the ones that Arnie will be looking to blood in the senior team as well because I, I'm sure he's highly rated. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, a bolter of the week, uh, as you were. We actually we found we found one for the Socceroos as well. Um, we weren't we just we landed on it. We weren't going in with it. We were we're just going to go with an all whites bolter. But uh, Connor Metcalf is our Socceroos bolter of the week. Um, look the look the final game of the round um, the was the one that was Cup. viewed by it was the nine ninety Cup. Um, it was uh, yeah Western United got a pretty predictable two 0 win against Newcastle. Obviously, it's um it's been a pretty tough time for Newey. They're, they're winless in their last ten. Some respite is coming. Um, Bugard and Katrumbus were on the bench for this game. Um, obviously, they've had a torrid time defensively of late. That wasn't the case earlier in the season. I'm pretty sure at one stage they kept three, maybe four clean sheets in a row um, mm-hmm. earlier in this season. Um, so I think that they just need the troops back. Um and hopefully they can find their, their way to a couple of points in the back end of the season. Yeah. But the wheels have very much fallen off. And as I said, this was a very predictable win to um, to, to Western United, who, who are a pretty organised, professional um, sort of team, who you just know are going to sort of get that early lead, um, sit on it, and um, yeah, and then sort of um, yeah, Pierre's with a bit of a bit of a cherry on the top in the 69th minute to to take it out to two nil. Yeah, they did what they had to do. So Newcastle clearly limping towards the line like all good teams at the bottom of the table do, along with, with Melbourne victory. Um, just, just afforded Western heaps of space, just letting Ale do what he want in the first half. And they were never really in any danger. Newcastle only really pumped up the pressure in the last five or ten minutes when they brought on a couple of sets of fresh legs, but the game was already really gone by then. So... Yeah, not much to say, except that I think Krasnicki might be a massive fraud. All <laughs> his velvet tracksuits and slick Insta videos, he doesn't look like he offers a whole heap. I I got a bit of an inkling before he had arrived that, that it might just be, uh, uh, it might just be, what do, we, what do you say, 
all sausage, no all, all sizzle, no sausage sort of uh, sort of thing with him. Yep. And uh, look, it's it's playing out that way. Um, it's fun. I enjoy that. Um, yeah, I, I like I like guys who have a bigger sort of off-field game uh, than than an on-field game in a way. That sort of yeah. misplaced bravado is um, is something that I can uh, respect and appreciate. <laughs> um, and it's also really good from a from a content point of view. Um, get seriously get on his Instagram um, out there if you if you haven't uh, if you haven't checked out his Instagram. Um, it's um, Josh Parrish described it as uh, Michael Bay level production, and he's not far wrong. I um I, I respect and appreciate like you said I respect and appreciate um very much Laurie McKinna. Um, but this is probably the last time he'll recruit off TikTok. So we'll just <laughs> we'll just see how that 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 moves forward. You got a recommendation? So you follow White Claw Gabe. White Claw would Gabe. You like to, would you like to sign Krasnicki? <laughs> no, can, Laurie McKenna, if you're listening, please sign White Claw Gabe. Thank you. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. Um. All right, I think that'll. Do. Oh, we and obviously Brisbane versus Perth got cancelled um, because of the WA uh, snap lockdown, um, and um, obviously, yeah, it, uh, those two teams. I think Brisbane in particular are going to end up with an extremely compact fixture over these final few rounds. Um, they've still got um, uh, how much? We play twenty six games each this season. I'm pretty sure they've still got yeah. eleven games to go, Brisbane. Um, so yeah, this this really adds. And they're going to gonna have to do it without Scotty Mack as well. And we we're just going to touch on that. Yeah, Scotty McDonald has left. Look, they have been doing it without Scotty Mack lately. I'm pretty sure. Um, it, it seems like this move was uh, was on the cards for a, a little while. He's sort of only been in. He's only got minutes off the bench once since he returned from injury. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's gotten mutual. Um, he'll. Um, He'll lob at uh, at uh, a finals bound team, uh, possibly uh, coached by a good friend uh, P. Kaznorbo. Um, actually, sorry, that's too obvious. I should have said Paddy K. Um, sometime soon. Um, that uh, that should do us for uh, for this weekend. Um, you can uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at DITVPod. Search for us, Destruction in the Box, on Facebook. And we love an email uh, from you guys out there. The longer form um, really lets the, uh, the get, get those creative juices going. Uh, you can email us, contact at destructionpod.com and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts with that big fat five stars. Uh, one for each goal, Melbourne victory, put past uh, Western Sydney this week. Uh, uh, I've... Uh, I've been your host uh, for the evening, Dan Fisher. Um, and thanks for joining us, Andrew Clark. Cheers, Dan. And Chris Alloy. Cheers, Dan. We'll see you next week.